1904, the country of Wales was in bad shape. The pubs were full, the churches were dry, and the police were overworked. The nation was in a spiritual slumber. But God raised up a young man named Evan Roberts who began to pray and to preach. As he traveled the country, people start coming to Christ. Cities shut down in order to come and hear this young man preach. People lost track of time as they would worship for 10 plus hours. The Holy Spirit rested heavy upon these gatherings as men, women, and children turned from sin and trusted in Christ. Pubs went out of business. The police got bored. The ball fields emptied as the people poured into churches. Miners had to retrain their donkeys. The donkeys had been trained to obey with cursing and with beatings, but their newly converted owners didn't know how to lead them to do the job anymore. You see, at that time, more than 100,000 people came to faith in Christ. It's men and women and children giving their life to Jesus. You see, the kingdom of God was expanding. And that is what we see Jesus teaching us in Mark chapter 4. Let me show you. Grab your Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. As you're turning there, um, as you can hear, I'm kind of fighting through something, okay? And so if I take breaks to cough or drink water, I apologize this morning, but we're going to get through this together. As a faith family, we're walking through the Gospel of Mark in a sermon series called On the Move. This book of Mark, it's fast-paced study of the life and ministry of Jesus. Last week, we caught up with Jesus, who's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, teaching a parable to a large crowd while he sits on a boat, and then later pulls his disciples aside to begin to teach what he just, he begins to explain what he just taught them. Then in verses 1 through 20, Jesus describes four different types of soils. Those four different types of soils represents four different types of hearts. The first three soils, the four, first three types of hearts that Jesus describes are unbelievers. It's the hard heart, the shallow heart, and the worldly heart. Whether someone rejects the gospel with a hard heart, or they do not persevere in the gospel with a shallow heart, or they're consumed with worry and the pursuit of wealth with a worldly heart, they're revealing that they're not in Christ. The first three soils are not believers. But then the fourth soil that Jesus describes is a fruitful heart. An authentic follower of Jesus has the heart of good soil. So when the seed of the word is planted in their hearts, they bear much fruit. They hear the word. They love the word. They live the word. But then in verse 21, Jesus transitions to teach three more parables about the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 4, verse 21 says this. He also said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be added to you. 
For whoever has, more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and it grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. He was speaking the word to them with many parables like these as they were unable to understand. He did not speak to them without parable. Privately, however, he explained everything to his own disciples. As we addressed last week, Mark records more of Jesus' actions than the content of his teaching. Yet here in Mark chapter 4, we're given the content of Jesus' extensive teaching on the kingdom. Here in chapter 4, Jesus unpacks what the kingdom is like, and he does so by speaking in parables. Now, oftentimes, Jesus would speak with stories or with imagery to teach Truth, And then when he was alone with his disciples, verse 34, he would explain the meaning of these parables. Well, here in the text, Jesus is describing what the kingdom of God is like. You see, Mark tells us back in chapter 1 that Jesus came preaching that the kingdom of God has arrived. Well, what is the kingdom? Okay, I put this in your notes to help you grab hold of this. You see, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of Jesus, Jesus is king, and his kingdom is both here and in heaven. It's in the already and in the not yet. His kingdom is in the present and in the future. It's in the here and now and is coming soon. Wherever Jesus abides in and among his people, that is where we find the kingdom. Well, here in the text, Jesus is teaching how the kingdom is ever expanding. And he tells us first, the kingdom of God is ever expanding as the light of Jesus shines forth. The light of Jesus shines forth. Jesus asks two rhetorical questions. Look at verse 21. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? Verse 22. There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. Jesus is John 1, the true light who has come into the world. And here in covered up because it defeats the purpose of it. But they are brought out into the open to illumine everything else in the room. For years, Christy and I, we've had a basic 60-watt light bulb in our garage that is pathetic. Whenever I'd go out to the garage to get a tool or to get a toy for a child, I'd go out there and not be able to see anything. Well, last week, I bought myself a new light that is five times brighter than a 60-watt light bulb. So this garage has gone from a cellar to a tanning bed. You quite literally need to put on sunglasses when you go out there. (laughs) You see, just as the light in my garage is exposing the darkness, so the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ exposes the darkness within people's hearts. 
You see, we're not to hide the gospel under a, a bed. We're not to hide the gospel under a basket. No, no, no. We bring it to bear. We put it on a, on a lampstand. We hold up the gospel and the light of Jesus and let him shine. You see, the light of Jesus and his gospel, it reveals the kind of soil inside of each person's heart. And, and so the time of unveiling the mystery of the gospel, verse 22, it has arrived in the person and work of Jesus. You see, when you, in the, throughout the New Testament, when you see the word mystery, it's talking about what was misunderstood or not fully understood in the Old Testament is now fully understood in the person and work of Jesus. The mystery is fulfilled in Christ. He is the one who helps explain everything that we didn't know. Well, here we see the light of the gospel is verse 22. It's to be declared. Jesus drives this home in Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. He says, there's nothing covered that won't be uncovered. And there's nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. You see, the light of Jesus and his teaching, it not only reveals truth, it simultaneously exposes the dark. Just as light shines into the darkness to show what's there, the light of Jesus shines in our hearts exposing what is there. Parents, when you walk into your child's room in the morning to wake them up and you turn on the light, how do they respond? Probably make their eyes you know, shut even harder. Or if they're like my children, they'll take the blanket and pull it up over their head. That is a picture of how the hard heart responds to the gospel. When the light of Jesus is brought to bear, when the gospel of Jesus Christ is brought out and held up on a lampstand and we preach the gospel, those who reject the light, they, they hate the light. They run away from the light. They don't want the light. Jesus tells us this in John chapter three. He says, this is the judgment. The light himself has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. So just as the light exposes the dark, so the gospel of Jesus Christ exposes the evil in each man's heart. Hear me, if you're hardening your heart, if you're continuing in sin, if you keep saying no to the gospel, Jesus is saying, verse 23, listen up. Verse 24, pay attention to what I'm telling you. If you don't walk in my light, if you reject me and my teaching, I'm warning you. Verse 25, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Jesus is warning that those who reject the light of the gospel, those with a hard heart, a selfish heart, heart, a worldly heart, whatever truth you have received, it's going to be, verse 25, taken away from you. Question, do you find your heart being embarrassed by some of Jesus's teachings? Do you roll your eyes when he claims full deity, that he is God come in the flesh? Do you balk when he claims to be the only way to God because he is God? Do you hesitate when he begins to explain the doctrine of hell? If you find that you are allowing your heart to grow hard towards the Lord, if you become embarrassed by Jesus and his teaching, you're in danger. He's saying, listen up, pay attention, 
here. It matters how you respond. You see, if, if you continually harden your heart towards the Lord, even what he has revealed to you, he's going to take it away. Yet there are those who receive the light. They receive the truth of God's word when it's brought to bear upon them, and they're eager to receive the light. Well, what does God do? He gives them more light. Look at verse 24. Jesus says, By the measure you use, every tribe and tongue and people and nation are going to come, and they're going to abide in the branches of this tree. And you know what's good news? That this tree is not just for Israel. This tree is open to Gentiles. Indeed, Romans chapter 9, those who were not of the covenant are now part of the covenant. We are grafted into this tree. Jesus includes those who are not of the bloodline of Abraham, and he includes us to be a part of this tree. And this tree is ever expanding. And those who are outside of Christ now, they are invited in the gospel to come and abide in its branches. That anybody and everybody who calls on the name of the Lord can come and abide in the branches of this great tree. You see, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that starts small and it grows taller than all of the garden plants and expands so that the birds of the sky can come and be included in. What started as something really small has become like a mighty oak in which anybody who trusts in Christ can come in and find safety in its branches. So what are you calling us to do? It's the impact point, it's this. Let's join Jesus in expanding his kingdom by shining your light and scattering the seeds of his word amongst your neighbors and the nations. You see, in the text, we see Jesus He's showing evidence of how the kingdom is expanding. It's expanding light, like light out into a dark room. It is expanding like seeds growing even while you sleep. The kingdom is ever expanding like a small mustard seed that becomes a large tree in which people are invited to come and abide in its branches. We get to join Jesus. How? We shine the light that he has placed within us. We go scatter the seeds of the word amongst those he's placed in our lives. And his kingdom is marching on. When the Lord called Adoniram Judson to go to Burma, he gave his life to translating the Bible into Burmese, preaching the gospel to anyone who would hear and inviting all people to believe in Christ. He did not see a single convert until his seventh year of being on the field. After almost 40 years of faithful ministry, he died a slow, painful death. He lamented towards the end of his life how little fruit there was in his labor. During his life, there was a season of great discouragement, and he wrote a poem to remind himself of why he needed to press on. He wrote, In spite of sorrow, loss, and pain, our course be onward still. We sow on Burma's barren plain, we reap on Zion's hill. Today, there are more than one million followers of Jesus 
in Burma. All who can trace their spiritual heritage back to Adoniram Judson. Beloved, let's join Jesus. Let's shine the light of his gospel. Let's scatter the seed of his word all for the glory of him who died on Zion's hill and was raised on the third day. Because this gospel is true, we get to join Jesus in inviting the nations and our neighbors to come and believe this gospel and they get to be included in on this ever expanding kingdom. And it's open to anybody and everybody who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 